It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, we're going to recap the Thunder's humongous win over the Miami Heat as well as talk about what's happening in the playoff scenarios. And also tomorrow, we're going to officially start to dive in to this Rocket series. And it's going to be a three-part preview. We're going to have tomorrow to talk about it a little bit. We're going to have a crossover episode on Monday with Jackson Gatlin of Locked On Rockets. And then we're also going to have a playoff preview of all of your favorite Thunder Media members. It's going to be a lot of fun coming up. You're going to stay tuned right here to Locked on Thunder, the only podcast that offers you a podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder every single day. A lot to get to this week, a lot to get to tomorrow. Not only are we going to dive in to that Rocket Series, we're also going to look at how the college athletic scene is going to impact the Oklahoma City Thunder moving forward. We're also going to have the first stock market watch of Locked on Thunder, and also give out some bubble awards. So tomorrow will be a full show. This is a full show. Let's get it started with a game overview of this contest heading into the game. So everyone besides Dennis Schroeder was available to play in this game for the Thunder, uh, and a win here would have locked up the 4-5 matchup with the Houston Rockets, and they did win, so that matchup is now sealed. The only thing yet to be determined is who's going to have that number 4 by their name and who's going to have the number 5 by their name. As we all know, inside Orlando, that does not matter, but for, for pride reasons, if you want to have some bragging rights, especially given the fact that you did 
make a trade with them with Russell Westbrook going to Houston and Chris Paul coming to Oklahoma City, uh, and you do have the pick swaps and things like that in the future, uh, sure, it would be nice to finish at four. The bottom line is this is all about matchups and not seeding, and I do like the Rockets matchup, which, will again, we're going to preview in three parts o- over three days, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But this win locked up that matchup. The Miami Heat came into this game locked into a 4-5 matchup as well with the Indiana Pacers. So both these teams, by the time the game tipped off, had a good idea of where they were going to seed. Now for the Heat, they officially knew that they were locked in to 4-5. For the Thunder, it was like a 99% chance that it was still locked in with that 4-5 matchup. So winning this game, of course, makes that to 100%, and we move on from there. Dennis is not ruled out for Friday. Uh, though I would not expect him to play. Billy Donovan said in the pregame press conference that he was unsure what the situation will be with Dennis on Friday, if Dennis will be available to come out of his personal self-isolation and play, or if he's going to be ruled out by the NBA for that game as well. Either way, he will be back next week for the postseason. That could start on Monday or Tuesday, depending on how the schedule falls out for the NBA. Uh, Their Thunder are going to start their postseason run on one of those two days. So Dennis Schroeder is not ruled out for Friday. That's an interesting note heading into this game. And then coming into this game, we also found out the Rockets are dealing with injuries. Now, of course, that has no bearing on the Heat versus Thunder game, but as you know, it does have bearing on what's going to happen in the postseason. The Rockets' Russell Westbrook has a right quad injury. We're unsure how that's going to affect him in the postseason. The, the, Mike D'Antoni said that they're going to know more this weekend. And then P.J. Tucker got hurt in their game today. It's still unclear the extent of that injury as of right now. Those are two things to monitor because those are two of the best players for the Houston Rockets and P.J. Tucker and Russell Westbrook. So you're going to want to keep an eye on that as we move forward. We'll update you on Friday if we know anything more. But let's dive into this game. In the first quarter, Steven Adams got started with a Euro step over Bam Adebayo, or I guess around Bam Adebayo, and it looked like he was going to be back. Now, that was the highlight for Steven Adams. Uh, he played a fine game. You could still tell something was bothering him. It's unclear what percentage he's at, but I would say it's safe to say he's not at 100%. He finishes this game with eight points on four of seven shooting from the floor, 0 for 2 at the line, eight rebounds, and a steal for Steven Adams, a minus seven in this game, but only played 19 minutes for the Thunder. Your starters in this one, uh, Shea got 24, Gallinari got 21, Adams the 19, Lou Dort only plays 7, we'll talk about that in a second, and Chris Paul plays 23. So another big thing that jumped out in that first quarter was defensively. Shea was guarding Jimmy Butler while Dort was having to chase around Duncan Robinson and the Miami Heat shooters. And I think that this is a little bit of an insight on what the Thunder will do against the Rockets. Again, we'll talk about Dort in a second, but we had our conference call today. And I was talking to the you know network director for the NBA, Doug Branson, about what the Thunder will do against Houston and how they're going to match up with them. And I mentioned that Billy Donovan would likely do this. You put Shea's length and ability on Harden instead of Westbrook because Harden is more uh, set in stone. He dribbles the air out of the ball. He's going to be he's going to be uh, stationary. He's not going to run around and make you chase him around. Lou Dort leads the league or is one of the top. Uh, defenders in the league and miles traveled on the defensive end. So he's obviously the guy that, that Billy Donovan feels comfortable with chasing guys around the floor. Uh, and, and that's more prone to defending Russell Westbrook, as we all know, who's one of the most explosive 
basketball players in the world. And we're unsure the status of both Russell Westbrook and Lou Dort at this point. But uh, this was consistent to, to start the first quarter. This was consistent with what I thought was going to happen for Oklahoma City. And whenever and, and whenever or if you put Andre in this game, uh, in this series with Houston, I would imagine it's the same thing. I would imagine Andre gets the James Harden assignment uh, due to the fact that it would be much easier for someone like Andre, who's recovering from an injury, to keep up with James Harden. Uh, so that was an interesting note that, that Shea was on Jimmy Butler. The defense just could not stop the Heat. Miami goes on a 9-0 run quickly after their first time out in the first quarter, and, and this defense just could not keep up at all. Uh, Miami Heat ran a beautiful motion offense that, that Oklahoma City had no answer for. Oklahoma City uh, was getting left in the dust. Their, their rotations weren't good. Nothing about their defense was good on Miami, especially whenever the Miami starters were in this game. Miami did a great job of moving without the basketball that you could tell a lot of Oklahoma City defenders were not accustomed to, and then losing Lou Dort hurts. So nothing about this game went right in terms of defense. And let's talk about Lou Dort right now with that knee injury. Now, Lou Dort gets hurt on a play in which he's trying to fight over a screen of Jay Crowder, trying to go through a screen from Jay Crowder. They seem to bump knees, and he goes down holds his knees, stays on the ground for a long time, eventually walks off under his own power. Crowder also got hurt on that play as well. Uh, and it's unclear right now what Lou Dort is going to do or what's happening with Lou Dort. Uh, Billy Donovan said after the game that he's going to have to wait for screenings and wait for the MRI to return on Lou Dort and see what's all happening with Lou Dort's knee right now. My thing is, the best possible outcome, we know it's something. We know there's some sort of injury there. The best possible outcome is a leg contusion, you know, a deep bruise on the knee. That's still going to impact Lou Dort on Monday. So no matter what's going to happen, on Monday or Tuesday, whenever this playoff series tips off, your best defender, your healthiest, most best, best defender coming into the postseason, coming into the bubble, is no longer healthy. And it's just par for the course with this team. Sadly, they've been riddled with injuries this entire franchise's history in the postseason. I mean, you you look at Russell Westbrook with Patrick Beverly. You look at Kevin Durant going down with an injury in that season. They missed the playoffs. You look at last year with Paul George, uh, who was hurt in the postseason. Again, he got hurt earlier in the, in the regular season. Uh, just tore up both of his shoulders last year during an MVP-like year that derailed his entire season. The year prior, Andre, of course, gets hurt, which derails that entire season because they were a much better team with Andre on that floor with the, with the OK3 team with Melo, George, and Westbrook than they were without him. And it's just par for the course. Hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully we find out. By the time you're listening to this, we find out that Lou Dort's fine. Everything is perfectly normal, and he is ready to go for Monday. I think that he will play on Monday. I think that he'll be perfectly fine to play in the sense of he'll be activated, and he'll be on the active roster, and he'll be starting probably. But again, if he's not 100%, this is a heck of a matchup to throw him into defensively whenever you've got to pick your poison of two MVPs on the other side. And maybe that does change what I thought was going to be the game plan for Oklahoma City, and that would be maybe maybe you do put Dort on James Harden. That way you are facing a player who's less explosive than Russell Westbrook and really tries to break you down from the three-point three line and then do a step-back three rather than beat you with his first step like Russell Westbrook does. So, so maybe this changes your game plan. I do think as of right now he'll play. Again, this is nothing official, nothing confirmed. All we know for sure right now is that the Thunder still need to do an MRI on Lou Dort. So a lot's going to change between now and when most of you listen to the show. But still, I think that 
we're out of the, the territory of him being out for the postseason, but we're also into the territory of how effective can he be. Again, last year, uh, you had an MVP player in Paul George. After that Denver game in the, in the regular season where he hurts both of his shoulders, he was still a good player. He was never that MVP player again, which totally derailed what you were trying to do that season. This could be the same thing. I know it's an undrafted rookie. I know it's not the name brand of Paul George, but still, this would be a big loss if he's not able to be the defender he once was. Hopefully he is. Hopefully this was just a scare. I don't think you'll see him Friday against the Clippers. I really don't, but that's still not to be determined just yet. But I do want to tell you what is determined is how great rockauto.com is. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years years. It's a family business. And listen, folks, 20 years ago, you probably still had dial-up internet, didn't know how to work your email properly, just had no idea what you were doing on the internet. When someone gave you a phone call, everything crashed and you freaked out. But you could have been buying auto parts online 20 years ago. That's how long they've been in this business. That's how long they've been serving customers and getting rave reviews. My favorite thing about Rocket.com is the fact that I am not a car guy. I know less than nothing about vehicles, but yet I can still go to rockauto.com and find everything my car needs that is compatible with my vehicle by just putting the information into their website and they'll only show me parts that will truly work with my car because otherwise I wouldn't know how to tell what to buy and I'd waste a ton of money. Not with rockauto.com. And there's no point to go to a chain linked auto parts store because number one, have you seen what's happening in our world right now? You're going to want to stay inside as much as possible. But also because if you go there, all they're going to do is order a part for you online and then upcharge you for that part. Skip the upcharge. Go to rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box, and they'll know what to do from there. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So with Lou Dort, I'm going to leave it at the fact that I think that he will be available for the postseason, but I'm still concerned on the ability he'll have. What percentage will he be at whenever we start this postseason on Monday or Tuesday? I don't think he'll play on Friday, but we'll know more information on that tomorrow and as we move closer and closer to tip-off against the Clippers. Uh, but I did want to mention that in that first quarter, Hamidou Diallo was the first wing off the bench yet again, the first player off the bench again, but we all know that when Dennis is back, he'll be the first player off the bench. I'm kind of out on Hamidou Diallo, I, and I've been a longtime supporter of Hamidou Diallo. I've, I've been a big proponent of the fact that he is an energy giver. He is someone who has uh, some of the best shot disruption numbers in the NBA, according to Basketball Index. He is a good defender. Is he 
a first wing off the bench guy? I don't think so, especially not uh, in a situation where you're playing a playoff team and they're playing their actual starters. A lot of Diallo's success has, has been given to him late in games when there's not as many true NBA stars on the floor. And we all know in the postseason, the rotations shrink, the numbers, the minutes for stars grow and grow. And I don't see how Diallo can stay in the mix. He didn't provide anything to, uh, offensively in this game whenever it was the starters were starters. He had nothing uh, defensively in this game. When he was trying to chase around Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and shooters like that from Miami, I'm kind of out on Diallo. Now, here's the thing. I don't think Billy Donovan is out on Hamadou Diallo, and that's the most important part. He's been force-feeding you, Hamadou Diallo, over and over again in these eight seeding games. And he said today that his rotations in these seeding games don't matter, and he can say that all he wants to. The bottom line is what he's shown us in these eight seeding games is that consistently in every game, Hamadou Diallo has been the first guy off the bench. He's been the first guy Billy Donovan has turned to. And maybe that just means he's been getting the first shot, and Donovan wants to give him the playoff rotation, but he's proven he can't handle it. Now, again, late in games, Diallo's good. Late in games, Diallo shows you he can play. The problem is, especially in this game, late in games, you're not playing NBA players. You're not playing NBA rotational playoff players. And that's the big problem. And especially when you look at what other reserves have done for Oklahoma City. Nonetheless, Noel played fine in this game. A couple of times you saw it on on great display, especially against a motion offense that keeps moving and keeps swinging the ball around. He over-pursued for a block that left a wide-open corner three that really killed all the Thunder's momentum in the first half, and it was just quintessential for what Nuno Noel has been in his entire career. He's going to go for blocks even at the cost of playing good defense. He, he much, I would have much preferred him just rotate on out to that corner three whenever he saw that I believe it was uh, Abdul Nader had already committed to contesting the shot at the rim. Uh, there was no point for, for Noel to try to block that shot. There was already someone there to contest. He should have been filling out the rest of the rotation. He didn't do that. That's going to have been par for the course for Noel. But whenever you look at what Nader has done, when you look at what Muscala even has done, Muscala didn't get run in this game until the fourth quarter whenever it was a blowout game. He ends up winning you the game with a game-winning shot. But still, uh, when, you, when you look at what they've done in these eight seeding games, and especially... Darius Baisley, who we're going to talk about coming up, it's hard to justify going back to Diallo. And Friday will be big. Friday, uh, I think, will look a lot like that second half did. It will look a lot like that fourth quarter did, where Billy Donovan just throws out there Diallo, Baisley, Muscala, Nader, Devin Hall. And they might even start the game that way. Because at the end of the day, while it would be nice for bragging rights to have the four next to your name, in a season like this, it has no bearing. There is no point in having the four or the five next to your name. There's no advantage. You're not playing at Chesapeake Energy Arena. You're playing at uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no reward for being the four seed other than having bragging rights over Rockets fans, which I don't think that the Thunder should be or are concerned about that, especially whenever the pick swaps and things like that aren't even in play this season. I mean, that's for the future. So you look at Friday, and I think that that game's going to be a lot of these reserves trying to battle out for that playoff rotation. I don't see how Diallo can do enough to make his way in there. And the Thunder just kept fouling three-point shooters. And it's important to note, I saw a lot of people complaining about this on Twitter, about, about I think Aaron, Eric Horn was even one of them, about 
oh great, the Thunder are fouling three-point shooters just when they're going to get ready to play the Houston Rockets. Well, none of those fouls were on spot-up shooters. Everyone, including the defense, was moving. The shooter was moving, coming off of a screen, simply running three-point line to three-point line. None of it was just a spot-up three where he gets fouled. And, and that's not how the Rockets play. The Rockets don't use a lot of motion. They use a lot of iso ball. They have two uh, of the world-renowned iso players in the world with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, for better or worse. What you saw against Miami is not how Houston plays. Now, they both shoot a lot of threes, but the threes come differently for each team. And furthermore, those fouls were very ticky-tack that I don't think you, you call in the postseason. And we've seen a lot of that inside the seeding game. And so to predict what referees are going to do anytime is pointless, but especially inside this environment where we're, where we really can't make heads or tails of, of any offici- officiating crew inside the seeding games. By all accounts, in every single game, no matter who's, no matter who's playing, the foul calls are up, the, the complaints are up, Everything is up for the officials, so we don't know what to expect in the bubble and in the playoffs. But those three-point fouls, two of them back-to-back, yes, it sucks. It helped the Thunder, uh, it helped the, the Heat grow a 13-point lead. It's awful. It's not indicative of what the Thunder are going to do against the Rockets. The Thunder are not going to foul James Harden every single time whenever he's shooting a three, and hopefully Russell Westbrook does shoot threes, and hopefully they don't foul him, but if they do, he can't make free throws anyway. That was a, that was a, that was a very bad sw- side swipe at Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. I apologize. Still... If they foul James Harden, it'll not be because they jumped into a moving three-point shooter. It'll be because James Harden does that crappy, I'm going to elbow you in the in the chest and then hook my arm around you and toss the shot up with my hands tied behind my back and my face looking the other direction. It's not going to be what it was against Miami. And two, two straight possessions of, of Abdul Nader and Andre Robertson fouling a three-point shooter. Don't, don't tell me it's going to be a recurring act. That's silly. So in the second quarter, the Thunder going a 12 to nothing run, thanks to Chris Paul just being an absolute beast in the mid-range. He was fantastic in this game, only played limited minutes. The stat sheet is not full by any means. He goes 23 minutes, 12 points, 4 for 12 shooting inefficient, uh, didn't make a three-pointer on three attempts, but got four times at the, at the line, made all four of them, seven rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Uh, the stat sheet is not indicative of how good he played in this one. He was really the reason you you – came back in that second quarter. Of course, it didn't matter because by the end of that second quarter, you were down by 18 again. You were also down by 18 again after the third quarter. But still, Chris Paul had a good start to the second half, uh, to the second quarter, I should say, and he really kept the offense going for the best he could. Obviously did not play enough to make a huge dent in this game as this game was left up to the reserves in the second half. But I did want to talk about Andre Robertson coming into this game. Gets two quick fouls, gets in with five minutes left in the uh, second quarter, it was interesting. Again, this is not the right this is not the right parameters to to grade Andre Robertson. Miami plays with such motion and with great ball movement. And, and that's not really things you can say about Houston. He won't be having to chase guys around the floor as he was against Miami, but still uh, Andre has clearly cooled off defensively in the bubble as things have progressed here. And that's not a knock on Andre. I mean, Andre has been good. Andre has been, uh, it, it's been impressive to watch him come back uh, after two years, almost three years of not playing basketball after all he's gone through in the rehab process. But it is, it is growing concerning to, to see if he can be a difference maker after how he, how great he was in those scrimmages as these games have started to mean more he has started to play less, and he has started to play less efficient as well. Now, from beyond the arc, uh, that's where you get really impressive 
from Andre Robertson. Two for three from three today. His shot looks overhauled in terms of the mechanics, and he looks overhauled in terms of his confidence when shooting that basketball. And it's so fun to watch. Andre is going to be a wild card in this one. I've called him New Diallo the wild card before, but Andre is truly a wild card because you don't know what you can get out of him. Now, you know the two options for him, New Diallo. He's either going to look really good or really bad. There is no in between. That's what you're going to get. With Andre, uh, there's like five different outcomes, and none of them are terrible. I, I mean, it, he's proven he can at least play some and not get play off the floor if you need him for five, six minutes in a postseason in a, pl- in a postseason game. How much more of that can he give you? How much more than that can he give you? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Coming up, we're going to talk more about this crazy game against the Miami Heat, including why Darius Baisley is phenomenal. So there's so much to talk about with Darius Baisley. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Don't forget tomorrow we have a full show of starting to preview this Houston Rockets series as well as talking about how college athletics impacts the Oklahoma City Thunder and getting you set for the final Thunder seeding game. The next week, we have that crossover episode with Jackson Gatlin of Locked on Rockets, and we also have an episode GM-packed with your favorite Thunder media members previewing the postseason. But there's so much to say about Darius Baisley. There's so much to dive into here. Let's start with this. The, the first thing I noticed about Darius Baisley in this game, and it really clicked for me here, was that him running center is going to be even bigger in the postseason against Houston, especially in this first round. Houston plays small. We all know that. They've been trying to reinvent the wheel. But I think whenever we see a team, and I've been guilty of this too, when we see a team that doesn't have a center, we, we just immediately instinctually We'll toss it down to Steven Adams. Toss it down to Nelson Well. Let, let them post up. Who's going to defend them? And, and that's true to an extent. Who can physically match up on Houston with a healthy Steven Adams, if he is healthy, and Nelson Well? Who, who can physically do that? The problem with that sentiment is, though, the Rockets are not only small, they have no depth. So every post up obviously slows the pace down. That's what big men do. That's how you set up your offense when you run through the post, when you run through a guy like Steven Adams, it slows down the pace. And the Thunder plays some of the slowest basketball in the NBA. So, you, so your pace is already slow. Now you're going to focus on getting the ball inside, which is something that you haven't done this season. That's not exactly a way to beat the Rockets because with each possession that drains out that shot clock in a Mike D'Antoni offense that's set to run up and down the floor in seven seconds or less and all the things he's known for, plus going small, plus not having depth, all you're doing if you slow down the pace yourself is giving them opportunities to sit down on the on the defensive end, rest, regroup, recharge. You need to run with Houston. Now, don't shoot with Houston. And this is getting into that preview a little bit. Don't shoot with Houston, but run with Houston. And a guy like Darius Baisley playing center who can get a rebound and go coast to coast with the ball in his hands, he can either score at the rim or he can make a huge play with his playmaking ability that I've said is his best asset, is going to be something 
that is a mismatch for Houston because if you have a center who can run the floor and you try to match Houston's pace, that's going to tire out Houston more than dumping it off to Steven Adams every possession. And if you can tire out a small ball lineup that has no depth, good things are going to happen. And Darius Baisley can help you do that. I think that Darius Baisley is going to play a huge part in this postseason series. This is his third game. Third straight game of 20 points or more. He scores 21 tonight on 57% shooting from the field and 62% from beyond the arc. Five three-pointers for Darius Baisley, including some miraculous step-back threes. Has nine rebounds to his name, which again is huge. I guess a small ball lineup like Houston, if you can get even more rebounds than that, and you can run the floor yourself at the center position and dish it off to a Gallinari. Dish it off to a Chris Paul. Dish it off to a Shea Gilgis-Alexander. This is going to be a fun lineup. This is going to be a fun team to continue to monitor here as we move into the postseason, especially against Houston. And this is going to be a fun lineup that you can have Baisley play that center position. You saw it each of the last two seasons with Jeremy Grant. And Darius Baisley, even as a rookie, even as a New Balance intern, Darius Baisley can be this season the epitome of what you wanted Jeremy Grant to be the last two seasons. He can run the floor. He can shoot just as well as Jeremy Grant. He can play make better than Jeremy Grant. Now, Jeremy Grant is a much better defender than Darius Baisley. And that that might be a problem for you heading into the series against Houston. But if Baisley can contest shots at the rim against a small ball Houston team, you better see Darius Baisley on the fourth to five position a lot more than you might expect to right now. That lineup is going to be what you need to defeat Houston. Another note about this third quarter before the Starters got subbed out. Gallinari, 0 for 6 from beyond the arc in this one. The Thunder really need to get him clicking, heading into the to the playoffs. I don't know if he'll play Friday. I would doubt that he plays Friday. But he's been off. His shot has been off since we entered the bubble. They need to figure out a way to get it back on because if he cannot shoot against the Rockets and that takes away your best three-point shooter against James Harden, that's not going to be good. That is going to be trouble for Oklahoma City. And without Dort, Dennis, and Chris Paul, and Shea on the bench, you had to have Devin Hall play in a 10-point game in the third quarter. Quickly, that turned into a Miami Heat lead by 18 points before the fourth quarter, in which you got down by 20 points and had the entire reserve group out there, and it looked lost. All looked lost until Oklahoma City Got this game within eight points with five minutes left. Thanks to Darius Baisley, who hit one of his five threes and just looked incredible. Building block Baisley inside the bubble, bubble base, looked fantastic. Abdul Nader plays extremely well in this one down the stretch to help you get within one. And then Oklahoma City takes the lead on a on a game-winning shot by Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala plays 10 minutes in this one. Gets six points and is a plus 12 in the plus minus category. In 10 minutes, he got you two threes, including that game winning shot for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And at the end, Terrence Ferguson locks down Tyler Hero to seal the deal at the buzzer. And before that possession in the timeout, you saw Andre coaching up Terrence Ferguson. And Lou Dort has attributed a lot of his success defensively to Andre. And Andre is an asset, even if he can't play against Houston. E- even if you say, Okay, he's not ready to come back just yet. He's still an asset to be here 
because of uh, because of what you saw against Miami, because of that last second adjustment for Terrence Ferguson heading up against Tyler Hero, who got the ball at the buzzer and was locked down by Terrence Ferguson. And Abdul Nader, let's give him a quick shout out here at the end of the show. 16 minutes, 13 points, 55% from the field, five for nine, a couple of tough finishes at the rim, three three-pointers on six attempts. He was fantastic. He's been a microwave offensively. He's been a spark plug for you offensively. He's fun to watch. Abdul Nader is very fun to watch inside these eight seeding games. He has been very good all year long. Sneaky good, Abdul Nader. My three big things from this game, let's start with the defensive concerns. I understand this is an ugly game for the Thunder. I understand this was an ugly game defensively for the Thunder, who is a good defensive team, one of the, one of the best in the seeding games so far. But again, I would warn you, this Miami Heat offense is much different than what you're playing against the Rockets. I think that the Rockets offense is more conducive to the Thunder's defensive style. The Thunder are not able to chase around a motion offense that the Heat run. They're able to contain, to the best of their ability, this Rockets offense. The, the number two big thing, of course, has to be Lou Dort. We're not sure the extent of the injury. He walked off under his own power. We haven't heard a doomsday scenario yet, which is always a good sign. We normally by now would know that. If it was a doomsday scenario, we would know that that was coming down the pipe. And Shea. Shea was the number three big thing today because we've been harping on this podcast about Shea. We've been harping about the fact that his shot has looked off. He doesn't have he doesn't have the lift on his shot. He hasn't been what he was this season. We were expecting him to show us a glimpse of what year three Shea was. And in year three, guys take this massive leap in the league. And Shea breaks out in this one. 24 minutes, 18 points, 66% from the field, 66% from beyond the arc. An assist, a rebound, a couple of great plays and passes that did not finish in assists, but they were still great. Guys just missed the open look. Shea was good in this one, and I think if he played more, he obviously could have expanded those numbers. Shea was awesome. Shea stepped up, and he's going to be right for the postseason. And quickly, it's time for your game MVP. right now you're the real MVP the MVP tonight has to be Darius Baisley who puts together his third straight 20 point night going for 21 points looks fantastic these last three games did it against a good Miami Heat defense in 26 minutes also the nine rebounds and four assists are great as well he's proven to be a building block as I've said before earlier this week he's proven to be a building block He's also proven to me he's in your playoff rotation and he'll be a big player in that postseason. It's going to be so fun to watch this matchup. I think this is the best first round matchup in the Western Conference and the best first round matchup in the entire league. I think that matching up OKC with Houston, Russell Westbrook with his with his franchise, Chris Paul with a team that traded him, James Harden and Chris Paul didn't end on the best of notes, neither did uh, James neither did Chris Paul and Mike D'Antoni. This is by far the most interesting matchup that could have happened. And for content purposes, I'm so excited for basketball purposes, I'm so excited and we're going to preview all of that. Again, a three-part preview. We're going to start tomorrow diving into it a little bit and then on Monday we're going to welcome on Jackson Gatlin of Locked on Rockets and we're also going to do a full playoff preview with all of your favorite Thunder Media members. It's going to be a lot of fun to dive into this matchup. Tomorrow we're also going to talk about how college athletics impact the Thunder. So as you can see, a ton to get to. We're even going to give out NBA bubble awards. So send me your bubble MVP, your your bubble everything on Twitter 
at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you do not have Twitter, email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. That's all we have for today. Again, a, a jam-packed week. This is the only podcast that gives you a new episode about the Oklahoma City Thunder every single day. So be sure to subscribe, follow along wherever you get your podcasts. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.